Welcome to the Spilling the Beads podcast. My name is Leslie, aka Leslie the Bead, and I'm your host and the founder of Digital Bean. In this podcast, we spill the beads on all things social media and online business, giving you the tools and insight you need to take action and make an impact with your online presence. Disclaimer, this is a strictly no BS zone, but please remember that everything is coming from a place of tough love to help you see from another perspective. If it makes you uncomfortable, think on it. It might just be the push you need in the right direction. Now let's get started. Welcome you guys to the Spilling the Beans podcast with your host, Leslie Viegas. Today, I'm welcoming our guest, Marianne Antuve, the founder of Selfmade Babe, a podcast and community empowering female founders and the fast fashion of online education. Welcome, Marie. Thank you for having me, Leslie. I was thinking before we did this that we've had so many conversations before that were podcast worthy, but we just didn't put it into a podcast. <laughs> this is what I always think when I have a conversation with anyone. I don't know if like, it's- Our Zoom calls need to be podcast episodes. Definitely. (laughs) But today's topic is something that I feel and probably all of us in the online um, business space have been seeing going on and being talked about and discussed on everybody's feed. And that is the concept of the coaching industry and the implications of how we, we model our businesses and also the possibility of the coaching industry being a pyramid scheme. So what are your what has been your experience with the coaching industry and like um, since you started your online business and, and what you've seen from it since you started? So I have been using like the self-made babe Instagram since 2018, but I was like very inconsistent with it. And so I wasn't really exposed to it maybe through like mutual friends um or just people that i knew that were hopping into the space and so from what i saw back in the day back in like 2018 i feel like 2019 i feel like 2019 was like the year to be a coach but like 2020 people are like over it we're in a pandemic the the dollar signs behind these programs are astronomical so people are like kind of over it or maybe because um um like I don't know maybe since I I mostly saw as an outsider and maybe I saw the shift since 2019 slash 2020 so my thoughts on the coaching industry is that currently it's almost about to implode I'm not a coach so I don't really have experience I'm just seeing seeing it from an outsider because I feel like 2019 was the year to be a coach because the space wasn't as saturated but now as people started to see the success that these coaches were having and like the lavish lives that they were living people were like well I want to fucking do that too especially since we're in a pandemic right now and people feel the pressure the economic pressures so my view on the coaching industry might be a little bit different because I kind of followed people in around in 2019 mostly to like learn from them and like just basically study what they're doing study their strategies so that's yeah and you have a unique perspective here because like you said you've never considered yourself a coach and what exactly is it like what was the reasoning behind you never actually using the term coach to refer to yourself 
Um, because again, I felt it was very like scammy and pyramidy, pyramid-y. My perspective is the reason I didn't invest into coaches is because I was afraid that they were going to basically tell me what I already fucking knew, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about your experience though. Yeah. My experience, I feel that I got into the online business community. The first, my first exposure to the online business community was um, the VA world. So I actually was first um, considering myself as a virtual assistant. So I didn't immediately go into the coaching world, but I did get into like the online business community through there. And there was obviously kind of a divide there because already right now, um, people that hire VAs, people that hire virtual assistants, there's definitely a divide between um, the amount that you would pay a VA right, versus the amount that you would pay a coach. So there's already a big divide there. And there's, it's, it, there's a bit of conflict in that as well. So I at first didn't really understand how people were able to charge the prices that they had. And it was, it was really weird for me because I didn't know, like, I didn't know if it was that I had imposter syndrome getting into my space or that it was just that I was not skilled or that I was actually, I don't know. It's like you, I couldn't tell if it was me not giving myself enough, enough credit for my skills or that it was being pushed on me okay. to charge for those things. So as I got out of like the VA stuff, I did get more into the coaching community. And that's when it, it, it felt a little bit even more to me, like that there's a, there's a certain pressure to not exactly change your strategy, but to change your pricing. Okay. And so that's like the main thing that I, that I was exposed to in the beginning with the coaching industry, that it seemed um, like the strategies were based on building a different price structure rather than what can you provide the customer? What can you, what, what value are you providing and what is the experience for the customer? Most of the time it was just, if you want to get to 10 K divided by this and um, that's how many people that you have to sell it on. And this is the price that you have to do it, but you're not actually looking at the price as, is this affordable? Is this accessible? Um, Is this something that will give value to my customers? I felt like it was very focused on, how much money do I want to make and how am I going to charge to do it, to do that? And so that was like my first exposure to the coaching industry. And I had a, I had a coach that, um, that taught me those strategies and not to give her any flack because she was also taught the strategies. Right. But that kind of just makes it even, um, kind of connects it even more to what we're talking about, about this controversy and kind of discussion about, um, the coaching industry being related to pyramid schemes because, I can't blame that person for teaching me those strategies because she was taught those strategies, assuming that they were the right ones by other coaches. Right. So, and I, I appreciate that you like, it's not, it's not a bad thing to call yourself a coach, No. but I appreciate that you are, are somebody that wants to, to put the value on what resources can I help people get rather than what is like the income level <laughs> that I need to get and how will I get that? Right. I mean, just as a conversation that we've had before, you know, go relating back to the six figure chick, CC, you know, it was so incredible. I loved her. Yeah. Rest in peace. It was so incredible to see what she was able to do and accomplish because she would, obviously she focused more on 
volume, audience volume to reach, you know, her income goals, because she would make 100k a month, which is incredible off of low ticket prices. Yeah, low ticket. And then um, we both came to the realization that there's two, there's not just one way to get to six figures, you can get to six figures by either charging high ticket and keeping it low customers or keep it high, keep it a high volume of customers and keep it low ticket. So that's the shift that I, as soon as I, we, we talked about her and, you know, had our own conversation aside, as soon as I realized that CC was doing incredible things at an accessible cost, like her courses are definitely cheaper than 200. They're most of them are like $45, $49. Yeah. And she does, she would do sales all the time. So yeah, those bundle prices and all the, the discounts that she would give, they were really affordable. Yeah. And she, you know, that was kind of like an eye opener for me because these coaches are preaching like charge, raise your prices, raise your prices, raise your prices. And you should raise your prices depending if it's a do, done for you service. Um, but the whole background behind that is that raise your prices so that you can pay me for my high prices so that I can pay my, my coach for their high prices. And it's just like a pyramid in a way, because there's like the top coach that makes like millions upon millions of dollars a year. Yeah. And I think we, we, we should definitely touch on that, that um, we were talking about this the other day that, a lot of the people that we see in the car, the coaching community, um, coaches that I've had, um, they all have the same coaches. So because of that, you can you can literally see how all of these coaches align in some way and how um, maybe all of them are connected to Tony Robbins <laughs> or all of them are connected to any other coach. But that you see that all of them are kind of in this thread of coaches. Right. And that it kind of just goes back and forth back and forth back and forth between different coaches right and so it's it's very it's very weird to see that and to not and for that to not have been called out until now I think it's very it's really funny that 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 seems to be something that a lot of people didn't notice until now because that's the thing like I feel like it's starting to become more saturated there's more coaches entering the space there's more people entering the space and because of that you know, we're exposed to the fact that these coaches are like, they're, they all have like the same strategies. Cause at the end of the day, like the strategy is going to be the same in my opinion. Um, it doesn't yeah. matter if you are a, a million dollar business or a corporate business, like pe- the way that people use social media is going to be the same way. Um, obviously you can be more strategic than others, or the way that you show up online is going to be pretty much the same way. Cause either way you need to post on Instagram and call it a day. Right. Is that, is that the right way to say it? I don't know. Let me, correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> the way that I see it, it's like back in the day, people would just like do the damn thing. They wouldn't hire a coach to tell them that they need to do this. Like if you want to be a YouTuber, you just pick up a camera and start vlogging or start showing your day right or if you want to start a boutique you look for wholesalers and you start selling right you set up your shopify account and you start Mm -hmm. selling so i don't know what are your thoughts on this i 
I get what you mean. And I think that this whole kind of vortex of coaches in a way, that's what I'm going to start calling it, not a pyramid, a vortex. Literally a vortex. (laughs) But this, this whole vortex of coaches in this coaching industry, I feel like that is, it has convinced people that you, you don't have to do trial and error. You just have to hire a coach and they will give you the strategies and you will get to the success. Right. And I feel that people have gotten, um, I guess, kind of like indoctrinated in a way because of the, uh, the marketing and all the, 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 the narratives that are put into the space. Right. That I mean, <laughs> they could just pay that person and they will, they will get the quick fix solution and they will know exactly what to do with their, 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 um, their company or their business. Right. And I think people need to kind of just realize that you have to be self-sufficient. Like you do need to try out things and fail multiple times. Right. And just get through it and to just do it. Like how you said, do the damn thing. Right. Um, but because of the vortex that we have, I feel like people have kind of convinced themselves that they need to hire somebody to tell them to fail. Right. Even though you should just know you have to fail. Right. And then you'll succeed. Right. Because either way, the way that I see it is like that money that you're investing in a coach, someone telling you to do X, Y, Z, you can just hire someone to do X, Y, Z. Or like actually learn yourself how to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, so I guess it exactly depends that. on the and coach too, because it, it maybe some coaches actually provide tangible strategies and steps versus this is how I do it, did it, and this is how you can do it too. Yeah, and I think that there's also another layer um, to the vortex of the coaching uh. industry. And I feel like this is something um, I know that somebody that I follow, I think you follow her as well, Topsy, mm-hmm. that she she talks a lot about um, the implications of this, um, of the coaching industry and the bubble that we have on privilege and how because of because we're always teaching the same strategies over and over to from one coach to another, from one coach to another, it's it's kind of lost on us why we're doing those strategies are they actually accessible is the messaging that we're using actually um from a point of privilege like um for example if you can't invest in my course it's because you have a bad money mindset right um those types of that type of messaging even it's it's taught from coach to coach and it's not really dissected because of the fact that it's just redone 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 and just taught as the kind of the model right so that definitely doesn't leave space for first of all for that messaging to change and to be dissected but also for new people to be in the in the coaching industry so um i know that for example that um that same person topsy she didn't mention that for a while she didn't see any people like um like herself black women in the coaching space and that's something that's a direct cause of the fact that there's a vortex of the same exact coaches after um, one after the other. Right. So there's no space for new people to go into the, to the space. And also, if they keep the prices astronomically high, what really pisses me off is because there's this like, there's a few people in the online space right now that have like this holier than thou um, mentality that are trying to hold people accountable because of like the whole whitewashing of the industry. But then you look at their prices, their prices are astronomical. They're way 
like way above some a lot of people's pay rate and like they're contributing to the problem too because okay you may be accessible through your lower ticket offers but you're still contributing because you are aiming to get those low ticket offers to be funneled up towards your higher ticket offers so when someone who is underprivileged who wants to build a life that they see these coaches creating for themselves and then they see the price tag around it it's like well fuck (laughs) i can't invest in well i thought the same thing i'm not it's not just me but you know this uh, this mentality also applies to underprivileged people and women of color and black Mm -hmm. women as well so and even people around the world i don't know mm, yeah, I don't want to go off on a tangent because I always, um, in my personal audience, I have people in the Philippines following me. And this girl DM'd me today. She's like, thank you for speaking up about this because the price is so much higher with the, what's it called? Especially with the currency. Uh huh. Yeah. The changing currency. But that's a whole other topic for another day. But, you know, yeah. if you, when you see these, astronomical prices and then you see people having this holier than thou mentality that you know they're trying to hold people accountable which again people should hold people accountable but their prices don't reflect that they're trying to be accessible or that they're wanting to help more black women or women of color join the industry yeah and I feel that those people for I've seen a lot of things um, that people are offering scholarships and it's like, right. That's, that's it's like, they're trying to, they're trying to put like a bandaid on the problem instead of, Hey, maybe instead of just offering a scholarship right now, maybe you can make a sustainable plan to make your pricing more affordable. Right. And I think that somebody that pointed this out really, really well, I'm just like naming names on this podcast episode uh-huh. right now, but VP, right. If you guys want to check her out, she, she talked um I, she spoke not too long ago and she made a guide that included this that it was basically pointing out that the pricing plans and the structures that we have for our pricing are not in a in a way are not structured in a way that is accessible to people so for example one thing that and this is all a side effect of coaches teaching coaching teaches co- teaching right. coaches teaching coaches right. the same strategies and that is that when you're when somebody goes onto a payment plan, that the payment plan is more expensive than the actual um, full time full purchase. Right. And she pointed out that if somebody is not able to pay the full price and they need a payment plan, they're most likely not trying to pay more for the right. for whatever they're purchasing. And that that's something that we've just learned to include in our pricing models. But it's something obviously that needs to be unlearned and that shows the fact that we're not really accommodating to the needs of our customers or our clients. Because if somebody needs a payment plan, again, they don't want to pay more. That's that they can't pay more. And they're trying to find an affordable way to get the to get access to whatever you're offering. Right. So things like that. And just a ton of other things that are that are related to the strategies. I really think that they're just like they're direct side effects 
to this, um, you teach me and then I teach you and then, the, and then you teach this first. And it's just not really dissecting anything, not leaving space to dissect all of these things and why we're doing them. Are we doing them just because we're stuck in this vortex of this coach said to do this, so I'm going to do this and then I'm going to teach my students to do this. Right. Or is, or does it feel right? Like, does it align with your values? Right. I, from what I know, I don't know if, like the maybe I want to explain the reasoning behind it um behind the payment plans because I understand the payment plan situation um because when it comes to every transaction each payment gateway always takes a percentage so like let's say you have this course at two thousand dollars right and then if you have a payment plan for I don't know for like six months or let's say three months. That's okay. <laughs> That's the devil's number. What the hell? I just whipped out my calculator. But let's say it's a three month payment plan, and the and the the full price is like two thousand dollars. The payment the if you divide two thousand by three, it's six hundred and sixty six. Three payments of six hundred sixty six. But each time you make a, each time you charge that person six hundred sixty six, you get that three percent charge mm-hmm. every yeah time. and that's understandable and, right and that makes sense but i i and i think that that's actually a logical reason for you to price the payment plans higher right but, but i feel that sometimes there are some people that maybe they do price them higher and not an actual not to account for those things but just they put some number right so just to add on so i've heard from other like experts in the industry who say to use like 20% higher, I was doing 3% higher just to like make up for the fact that, you know, the payment gateway is going to remove the 3%. But then when I heard 20%, I'm like, what? Really? Am I, am I losing money? Am I stupid? Or no. And And that's one of the things. That's exactly the feeling that we get from this, um, this whole community vortex thing that we feel kind of dumb or, um, like we're doing the wrong things because we're not doing exactly what they're telling us to do. Right. And it doesn't feel good. It makes you feel really bad. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're just messing up, that you're not doing anything right when maybe it's not that you're doing something wrong or that maybe what you wanted to charge for that transaction was what you felt was right. Right. But, but because that person says it and maybe other people also hear that and think the same thing, you feel like, okay, no, I do have to follow that because they're successful and they're doing the things right. right. And that's what I'm going to start doing now. Right. I agree. And, you know, going back to what I guess VP Wright was saying, I need to check her out more, but um, it does hinder, you know, if you're trying to make it more accessible, it does hinder, you know, the accessibility if you raise the price a lot more significantly like I like I can understand why they want to raise the price significantly more because you know they see the payment plan and then they see the full price and then if they do the payment plan they'll end up spending like three hundred dollars more right Mm -hmm. and that's not in transaction fees (laughs) right and so when they see that they're like okay I'm gonna just go for the payment plan but what if people just don't have (laughs) I mean not not that people go for the payment plan people go for the full price so when people are th- 
thinking about paying for the payment plan, they'll be thrown off and be like, okay, this is like an extra $300 that I don't need to be paying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but I, and I feel like that kind of, that kind of gives people less options when it comes to minimizing their risk, because maybe, maybe you're a mom and you don't want to pay that extra 300. And so you're looking at the full price, right. but maybe you That's- can't really put down that money right now. So it's, it's those choices that, that do that do they do involve a lot of risk and especially for people that are not the person that you expect to just pay full full in price um the full price and that could pay for something afterwards as well like there's people like moms people in marginalized communities that are just starting to to get into those things like you have to think about it for them because right. yeah there's some people that they can buy that and then they could go and buy a gucci bag too like right <laughs> they could do all the things but right you have to think about it in, in the perspective of those people that they might not and we went off into the tangent with the payment plans but that's just a, this is just one side effect of this whole mm-hmm. vortex and i did right. kind of want to come back to the way that you've structured your business um because i know that like you've mentioned before that you had this realization that you can create things at volume so that you could support your business while still being accessible so i i would love to hear more about what your plans are and and how how you want to serve your community and what what made you do this shift so what made me do this shift is the fact that like my audience as soon as i okay because the way that i look at it i released a mastermind in july ish and i I didn't price it extremely high because at the end of the day, like each lesson would have ended up being like $88 in total. Right. So when you Mm -hmm. add it up, it like adds up to a larger price tag. So my take is like, okay, well maybe I can just divide this mastermind instead of the 12 modules. We can, these can be like 12 different courses and they can just be more accessible. They can be under $100 because $100 is definitely doable, in my opinion. Um, and, it, and as soon as I realized that my audience prefers more low ticket because they are in the starting stages of their business journey, it just made the most sense to do it this way. And then once I saw Cece, rest in peace, homegirl, um, once I saw Cece doing that, I was like, this is if that's what you want to do yeah like I I didn't think it was possible because I was like completely brainwashed by the online coaching industry because you have to raise your prices you have to do this in order to make six figures and no you don't um Mm -hmm. just like as we talked about earlier it's there are multiple different ways to make six figures and it's not just about pricing your things high ticket I honestly believe high ticket should be reserved for done for you services or yeah, like executive that's, that's level courses and that's something that has had a lot of discussion lately too and i know that you mentioned um that you've had a lot of discussion about this with your followers recently and you have you had a lot of opinions about it <laughs> i know that um you recently made a post talking about it um talking about the whole accusations about the coaching industry being a pyramid scheme and also that you that you decided that all your courses are going to be 100 and under. Right. And so what did you take from the feedback of your audience? People loved it. People were like, yes, <laughs> please. And they 
were kind of attacking the coach not attacking but like some people were just saying like some at least someone said it. I thought I was a I was the only one feeling this way or you know I ha- I've had a lot of women in my audience tell me that this is why that the this is why they entered the coaching space because they also want to change the game as well so I guess it depends on like how you position yourself and how you attract your audience and your expertise level but you know with this positive response minus that like one person it's okay um (laughs) you know it's evident that people are not falling for the bullshit anymore Mm -hmm. especially because I feel like now a lot of people are starting to become coaches because they see all of these bigger coaches having this success but it's like no homegirl like they started earlier than like than 2020 that's why they've had this success because not a lot of people have been predisposed to what's happening in 2020 back in like 2018 2017 2019 yeah so you felt like you're maybe maybe it's it's kind of a feeling of being gaslit in a way that i i saw that a lot of your audience responded back in the same way that it's like i've been thinking this i've been um I've been like concerned about this and I didn't really know how to say it. I didn't really know if I was being delusional or something. And that's what, what happens when everybody that's successful in your, in your industry is preaching the same things. And so it is kind of hard to feel like you sticking to your values and realizing that maybe something is BS, Mm -hmm. that it's actually real, that it's actually something that you can believe in. Right. So I thought it was really cool to see the response from your community. And I I think, I think it's really good that you have opened a space for people to talk about that and for people to have options. Because like you said, you have a lot of people in your space that are not able to pay those astronomical prices, but that they want something. They want something to somebody to reach out to them and help them with something um, and give them the the resources that they need. And so I'm, I'm really glad that you have your space to do that in the community that you've built up. And I'm hoping that you do become the fast fashion for oh, the so online too. industry, <laughs> because I, I think that that's I think that that's honestly the implications of all of this discussion, that we are going to start shifting to um, really figuring out what privilege we are putting into the, the structures of our business. And why are we why are we doing what we do? Are we doing it because somebody else next to us is doing the same doing that specific strategy or our, our values are actually there. And so I think that that's a shift that we're going to be seeing soon. And I'm really glad that you're one of the people that hopefully will spearhead part of that. Thank you. I hope so too. I hope so too. But I, that doesn't negate that there are a lot of women that are very talented and very knowledgeable. Yeah, there's a lot of that's great so high tickets. Yeah, and they, they don't really call themselves coaches because I'm assuming they feel the same way. But, you know... Um, I'm not trying to shame coaches. It's just like, you know, like there's a lot of women who have bachelor's degree who have been furloughed or just desperate to leave their nine to five job. But then they see like these coaches charging this much. So then they might feel inspired to become a coach themselves because they're like, oh, like I've had this much experience in corporate. I've had this much experience in with my bachelor's degree or my college degree. And they want to be a part of it too. So I'm not like shaming coaches, but I just, you know, it's just 
I don't, I just want to make it known that I don't like the culture that has been instilled within the yeah, coaching industry. And exactly what you're saying about, about those women that are, um, that have had all the, the education and, and do have the experience to back them up. And so they want to get into the field. And so it just shows that like, there are people that wanted to get into, that want to get into this field to do good and to, um, have a, an, a beneficial business that helps the people that are in their audience. So there's plenty of people like that, that they do actually want to help their audience. They, they are trying to um, figure out how to change the model of their business to be more accessible. There are plenty of people like that. And so, yeah, it's not bashing the actual people or the actual coaches. It's bashing the culture that we're building up and figuring out. It's kind of like um, instead of calling out, we're calling in, like we're calling people in to actually, look look into the to their businesses and and kind of reflect in a way right like are are the things that i'm doing are the things that i'm doing right and and do does this do more good than bad and just be more reflective i think that that's honestly the takeaway from this just we're not trying to bash any specific person and you shouldn't bash a specific person unless it's like actually outright bad business practices but the, this is just a general cultural thing within our community. And it's it's something that's going to take a, a big shift. And I think we're seeing that happening now. Right. And to, I guess, clarify it more, I guess my stance more so on the coaching industry is that I don't believe it's a sustainable business. Like you can do pretty well for the first maybe like two, five years. There's probably, obviously, there's people in, in the game for so long right that have been able to be successful and I commend them yeah and I commend them but at the same time it's like since people are becoming more aware of you know the this kind of toxic culture that has been instilled you know people are going to want to call you know call those people in so the reason why I'm mentioning this is because you know, these coaches have had so much success, but it's because they have built fame around it. So I guess it depends on like how you want to tackle it. And if you want to become famous um, and be known as like the go-to coach. But I just don't think it's sustainable because again, people are becoming more aware of this toxic, toxic culture and mm-hmm. because people are becoming more aware of this toxic culture, they're not going to want to invest into like these thousand dollar programs. They're going to want to invest in done for you services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think exactly what you said that if your goal is to be that go-to person and to have that fame built around you, then are you doing it for that fame aspect? Because being that go-to person and be and getting the fame from this and um, building up that that empire in a way that doesn't really help the the audience that you're that you're trying to help. Like it it contributes more and more to this culture that we're talking about and that we've been talking about this whole time. So, do you want to do it because of your own benefit, or do you want to actually benefit the people that you want to help? I'm hoping that all of this discussion, all of this talk um, that we're doing on our own and also in the larger scale in the community, I hope that all of this actually has implications of um, changing things. And I 
really think that people should follow you and your community Thank to you. stay updated on those aspects of the community Thank of you. this online space because you are doing what you're you're you are doing what you're preaching thank you thank you so thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and thank you you guys for listening thank you for listening to the spilling the beans podcast did you love hearing from our guests check them out with the links in this episode's description and make sure to show them some love And if you want to keep the conversation going, slide into my DMs on Instagram at Leslie the Bean and let's talk. See you soon when I spill the beans on our next episode.